Greetings, everybody, and welcome to the Call to Be podcast, where we seek to empower everyday believers to discover and live out their authentic calling in Christ. Really, it's all about helping you understand who you are and why you're here. Uh, today, we want to welcome you to this uh, podcast. I'm the Dr. Reverend Travis Guzzi, uh, pastor, as well as an ICF certified life and executive coach and a Gallup Strengths coach. And I'm joined in studio once again with one of our co-hosts, Kevin Scott. Uh, Kevin, welcome. And uh, tell you're, you're in the midst of Holy Week this right, week. Yeah, right in the midst of it. I, heard, I once heard a, a fellow pastor say that Holy Week for pastors is kind of like, um, you know, the World Series, right? You've got just what, but, but it's important to remember that it's not, it's not our World Series, it's Christ's World Series, and that he's ultimately the one that That's won right. the big game on our behalf. And so we try to keep that in mind. But I saw this uh, very creative Facebook post the other day from a fellow pastor brother of mine, and uh, it said something to the extent of uh, things that your pastor will not be doing this week. And it was things like showering <laughs> and putting on deodorant <laughs> and sleeping. I have managed to do all of that. Hey, that's, So it's that's, a good week. That's I've good. showered. I have deodorant. I'm sleeping pretty yeah, well. Yeah. So it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's, well, when I was a pastor in the parish, I uh, always thought I'd get a, a, a t-shirt. Uh, I survived Holy Week 2020, you know, or whatever the year was. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's that cartoon that uh, he's risen and the pastor is down. You yes. Know, or <laughs> that, that's Easter when everything. Oh, all yeah. said and done. The celebrations have happened. He has risen. Hallelujah. Yes, he and is. And the pastor needs a nap. So. Yeah, well, and I have the same experience every year. It's like you just, you get to Easter, but then the, the energy and the vibrancy is so real that you can't really help but be taken uh, taken up and caught up in it. It's, a, it's an incredible thing. Um, but what's got me out of bed today, aside from this cup of coffee, uh, <laughs> is my friend Rob Brown. We've got him in the studio yeah, today. Yeah, welcome, Rob. Um, it's good to have you uh, here at the uh, Call to Be Studios. It's great to be here. Yeah, Rob is... Uh, a, He's an author. He is a podcaster. Um, he is uh, a friend, and he's going to guide us through his uh, his most recent book today, Truest Fan, which is all about living, loving, and leading with purpose and integrity. And so we're going to have a conversation with Rob, and I'm looking forward yeah, to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially where our last podcast was on discovering your calling, uh, today we're focusing on ideas of how to live out your calling more effectively. And Rob, uh, this seems to be kind of in your wheelhouse. And what we would love to do is just get to know a little bit more about you and kind of what's led you here and your background. Well, um, my my background is in the financial services industry and um, through lots of different um, jobs and iterations of things, I found out that I really enjoy mentoring and coaching other people. And in that, I really enjoy being a cheerleader, really cheering people on, figuring mm-hmm. out what's going on in their life and encouraging more of that and figuring out what may be holding somebody back and helping them get over that. So um, so that's really kind of at the heart of my calling and the work that I do in my current coaching work, uh, but also in the work that I did in writing the book Truest Fan, because it's really all about being uh, a cheerleader. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, so your work as a coach is primarily with uh, leaders in the financial sector. Is that correct? Or is it a little broader than that? Um, I work with folks um, outside of the financial space, but most of my clients are financial advisors um, who run their own practices or lead big teams. Yeah. And, and what, what is it that you hope to do as a coach uh, on behalf of these clients that you work with? I want to help my clients be the best versions of themselves and in turn make their businesses um, the best that they can be. So we're just constantly um, striving for what I call peak performance. How can we get 
better and better at what we're doing because as soon as you decide that you want to stop improving, you start sliding backwards. Yeah, or treading water in life. And we know that uh, you only can do that for so long in life. Uh, but no, so it sounds like you're really helping people live out their calling uh, at, in, in whatever their field is, especially financial services, just be more effective as leaders and making a greater impact. A- absolutely. And one of the benefits of that is that my clients touch lots of lives uh, because they have lots of clients that they serve and help achieve their most important goals. And in doing that, so in coaching them, I feel like I'm coaching coaches and right. um, and that becomes sort of an extension of what I do. So it's, um, it's, it's really exciting. It's really fun to, to just, uh, as, as I'm talking, I'm, I'm just thinking of stories that have come to me this week of things that my clients have done that have shaped the lives of their clients in ways that um, are, are really life-changing. Yeah, one of the things we talk about on this podcast is how our callings really at its essence is all about loving and serving our neighbors. And part of how you love and serve is helping others be more effective in helping achieve goals, financial uh, success and independence so that they can achieve what they want, take care of their families in life. Absolutely, but but it, it goes beyond after you spend a little bit of time working on it, it goes beyond the money because I think sometimes um, in the financial business it's so easy to get caught up with you know who has more money or how much you know what's my number how much money right. do I need you know to be able to do whatever and they can't even define what doing whatever is but when you start by thinking about what are those big dreams you have what are those things that you want to do to impact other people so that you yep. can love them better, um, yep. help them be more fulfilling, help them, you know, really um, live with, with intentionality. Um, yeah. it's, it's a big thing. So the financial is just a means to an end. It's, it's to help them live a life of purpose and greater impact. In, in a way, but I also think it's more embedded. I don't, I don't want to, I try to keep that from being a lead indicator because I think when you lead with money, um, you know, there's, there's, there was like um, an old saying um, in the financial um, advice business that the, the manager like always wanted you to like ha- have more kids, buy a bigger house, buy more expensive cars right, 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 right. because, you know, the more stuff you had, the more money you had to make for the business. And so um, it was like a, it just fed on itself. Right. And, and to me, that's like a horrible way to think, you know, you should think about what it is you really want first. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the, um, the financial piece can come alongside. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it could be a trap that uh, you got on the other one. Yeah. And, and I think for me, what's, what's really fascinating about this is we spend so much time as pastors dealing with our vertical relationship with God, which of course is immensely important, right? That's our foundation. I don't want to downplay that at all. But in this, we're really talking about our horizontal relationship yep. with other people and um, really at, at rock bottom, what it is that, uh, that, that is motivating you um, to live with with purpose and integrity. And I think that's my next question here. You know, the kind of subheading of your book is living, loving, and leading with purpose and integrity. So for you just personally, what does it mean to live with purpose and integrity? Um, well, purpose, purpose is huge. Um, I, I just find it very um, comforting to know when I'm talking to somebody that they've really thought out not just what they want to do, but, but why 
they want to do and mm-hmm. what really what really comes out of their hearts when they're thinking about the reason that they go about doing the things that they do every day. Because when you think about being called, uh, it's easy to say, well, you know, um, I'm not called because, you know, I'm not a pastor, you know, and aren't, aren't, isn't that called? Isn't that something that pastors do? But no, we're all called to live Amen. and to serve God and to love through whatever it is that we do. And we can do that better when we really think about it in terms of what's what's the reason behind it? What's the purpose behind it? Um, is it and it can and it can fill so many different um, different spaces, and then and then to be able to do that with impact, and that, that's the other um, big part of this is living with impact is important. And impact doesn't have to be a big thing. Impact can be a small thing. Um, I just uh, had my first grandchild, and um, I was just fascinated sitting down with him and having him on my lap and getting him to figure out how to hold my finger. Yeah. And that may not sound like impact, but that was was a connection that I was making because I want to I want to have impact on his life. I want him to be able to reach out to me. And so we can make impact in little ways like that connection yep. with a new grandchild, but we can also have impact um, in in big ways by different opportunities that are put before us and taking um, advantage of them. Yeah, yeah. It's not just in the big things of life. Uh, it's also in the small things, uh, the, the the everyday kind of mundane, really it's still our holy callings uh, through the eyes of faith. And that's, yeah, and, and you never really know too what uh, impact is such a hard thing to measure sometimes because you never know what impact you're actually making. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I'm reminded of a uh, a few weeks ago uh, on Sunday, I preached a, a sermon that to me, I mean, going into Saturday, I'm like, this is not good. <laughs> like, like I, I don't like this. This is not good. Um, but it's what you've got. So you get up there and you preach it. And uh, and lo and behold, I had a number of people come up to me who said that it, they were they were deeply moved by it, which yeah. kind of humbled me a lot because it's like, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, I don't like this. I want to I want to scrap it. I want to throw yeah. it out. But it had... It- a, a, an impact with this audience that I never would have anticipated. And I think that's that's what's really special about this is yeah. um, just seeing God move in that way yeah. in ways that we could not have anticipated or predicted. Yeah, so. back in the day, I, I used to call that walking the dog. You you knew this sermon was a dog, but you still had to go walk it yeah. proudly. But the, <laughs> the wonderful thing is yeah. God does something with that. I, yeah. I, you know, And sometimes it, it takes years before you see impact. Uh, I, I had a youth back in the day, and he kind of was one of my, uh, I called him EGRs, Extra Grace Required Youth. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I like just, that term. <laughs> I just needed God's grace to love this kid and minister, and, and yet it was decades later that he got back in touch with me, and he said, thank you for the investment you made in my life. And so, you know, sometimes we get to see finally uh, maybe a glimpse of that investment and, and we're wondering, am I even making an impact and to see that it happens? And other times it may not be until we get to eternity where, where we actually see the true impact of, of the lives we've touched, both in the big and the little things of life. And that's why we have to work at it every day and not worry about whether or not the impact is the impact that we planned or it's the um, unintended consequences of of being intentional, of, yep. of sharing that love, of really thinking about how you can share that love that God has with us for everybody that you come in contact with, even if it's um, in a way that they may not understand that that's 
the connection that you're trying to uh, to make. Yeah, yeah. Now, Rob, I have a question for you. So, so you've written this book, Truest Fan. It's it's about how to live a life of purpose and impact, and yet you crouched it within the uh, kind of framework of baseball. Uh, tell us a little bit about your passion for baseball and what led led that to be an influence on the development of this book. Well, one of the nice things about baseball is there is no time clock. Well. The commissioner is trying to put one in, but we'll save that story. <laughs> well, we don't want to have five-hour games anymore. <laughs> I, I, all four five-hour games. <laughs> That's uh, the magic. The, the longer, the better. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, give me a doubleheader any day. But um, when you list, when you watch baseball, one of the great things about it is because there is no time clock. Um, you have a lot of time to do different things to think about what's going on in that game. If you just want to watch the game and and watch all the intricacies of what's happening on the field, things that most people wouldn't notice, or you just want to stare off you know, into space and think about life. It gives you a lot of time to think. And I grew up in Cleveland. Um, I'm a lifelong Cleveland, now Guardians, but Indians fan. And um, I just learned a lot by watching my team, being a fan. And um, I thought, you know, the lessons that I learned and took in by being a fan um, are lessons that um, I also learned by being a business coach to my clients mm. and the things that um, I shared with them or they've shared with me. And a lot of times I wonder kind of which came first. Did I come up with the, you know, the teaching lesson or did, uh, or did they? And so it just, it just all, it all came together. But um, I, I've, I've learned a lot by being uh, a baseball fan. So that's yeah. why I've connected um, baseball to this uh, story. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things that I wanted to mention here too, and I was thinking about this a minute ago that I think a lot of our listeners are really struggling with this question of like, how do I figure out what my calling is? Like you've been talking about calling for, for 12, I don't know how many episodes. I think we're up to 13, 13 episodes, right? So go watch them. Right. But we've been, (laughs) we've been talking about calling now for 13 episodes and it's, you know, how do you really discover that? And it struck me um, Rob, with what you just said, that one of the lessons that you learn from baseball is that a really good coach or a really good manager can be can make all the difference in the world. Um, I'm reminded of the movie Moneyball, if you've ever seen that, where this manager comes in with this very unorthodox approach that's never really been tried, but through it, he's able to tap into the potential of all these players that would normally be overlooked because of some perceived deficiency. And so I think that for our listeners, it's important to know that if you're struggling with this question, I think having a coach or a mentor to walk alongside you can be very, very, um, can be very, very rewarding. And it can actually be essential, an essential piece of figuring out exactly what it is that God is calling you to do. Yeah, I think there's often a temptation to kind of find those people that we can, excuse the term, bitch and moan with, and uh, they're they're all over the place, and we're quick to like pick up the phone because we know that they'll give us as much time as we want, and we can uh, complain and 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 just go in awful places. But there are also people in our lives that we um, may have to hire professionally, or we just may know them through our church or through our friends or through our family that. Um, we hesitate to call on because we know they're going to try to give us a little bit of wisdom and steer us in the right direction. They're not going to allow us to to um, uh, to go off on the wrong path. And, and so, Kevin, I think your point is right on yeah. that, that taking advantage of those opportunities that we have in our lives to stay on track by getting some good mentoring or coaching and just yep. 
um, soaking that in is really, yeah. really important. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that helping profession that uh, helps you set a, a goal of, of where it is you, you want to go or you sense God's calling you to go, developing that strategy to get there, uh, oh. that, that encouragement, that support, that uh, sometimes gospel accountability we need. Oh, yeah, and I, and, I, and I think a good coach knows when to praise and knows when to push. Yeah. I, I believe that, and I think this is actually a biblical model that we see all over the Bible, but particularly in Paul. Um, in the relationship that he has with a couple young pastors, Titus and Timothy. And if you read those books, Paul really is the coach for them, right? He's elderly at this point, and he's looking at the future of the church. What what does the church need? Where are we going to go from here? And he's got these young guns. And all throughout First uh, and Second Timothy and then Titus, you see him um, uh, praising, but then also pushing at the same time. Um, you know, and I think that that's vital when, uh, when you're thinking about coaching, you know, a good coach is not always going to tell you what, what you want to hear, but a good coach is going to tell you what you need to hear um, yeah. in, in that moment. Absolutely. So, yeah. So Rob, in your book, you have some different kind of lessons, uh, for helping people live a life of purpose and impact. And we're really focusing on living out your calling. What, what are some of the lessons that our listening and viewing audience could apply as they seek to live a life of greater purpose and impact themselves? Right. Well, the, the book contains um, seven specific lessons, and, and we don't have time today to go through each one of them. But I think to uh, put it in perspective, um, the most important thing to think about is what is a truest fan and as you, as we've been talking about, you know, coaches and mentors, the importance of that. Um, what what struck me is um, we are all called to be coaches and mentors in some way. We may not always see it or understand it, and that's where my term "truest fan" really came into being, is because I think that we are all called to be our own truest fans. We have to believe in ourselves, and that's one of the first lessons in the book. Um, we can't we can't help others and love others and be other people's cheerleaders and fans if we don't believe in who we are and what we're about. Yeah. Biblically, that's love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, to to love right. your neighbor, you also there has to be uh, some self care and and believing that you have been gifted for a purpose in life. Right, absolutely. Um, some people have suggested to me that um, another title for my book may have been the golden rule, but that was taken. So, um, okay. Okay. So I, I can imagine that would be a popular title. <laughs> so I went with truest fan, but so, um, so to me, to be a truest fan, it starts with being a truest fan of yourself. And again, that's kind of lesson number one in the book. Um, also, uh, another important lesson is the idea that we need to be truest fans of our families, because sometimes in our lives, we get so carried away with all of the things that we do outside of our families that we forget that our spouses and our kids and all the people that, um, that are in our families need our love and yeah. need to constantly be reminded that we're cheering them on, that, they're, that we're their truest fans. So that's another really critical lesson. And I guess maybe to, to kind of tie it all together, um, it would probably is probably arguably the most important lesson is that God is our truest fan. That's another one of the lessons. And, um, and, and that whole idea of just, um, you know, I, I, look, I view God as somebody who is, there's nobody cheering harder for us every day and day out. And all he asks of us is that we kind of cheer him back, that we, that we give him the, the praise that he is due, not because we have to, but because it's the right thing to do. And that's what you do when you're 
a truest fan. Yeah, yeah. To know that we have a God who, even if we blow it, um, and, and, and I know as pastors, as coaches, in, in whatever uh, callings that God has in life, parents, there's so many times even you know, our best intentions to make an impact and live a life of purpose that we even blow it, and yet we still have somebody who's in our corner. Uh, our, our our heavenly Father, that in Christ uh, paid the price, so that we would know that uh, no matter the mistakes we've made, we are washed, we are clean, we are forgiven, we are holy before Him, and and that empowers us, and we kind of get this this reset. Um, I, I always love uh, uh, back in the day. I heard this analogy of. Uh, life is kind of like GPS, and uh, I know that some GPS systems, if you go off track, you hear this thing recalculating. That God, even if we go off course, we have a God who can take us from where we are, recalculate, and we have now a path to move forward right. in life. Yeah, and, and Rob, I love the way that you said that because it sounds like um, this knowledge that God actually is the one that is pushing you and is developing you and is mentoring you and is cheering you on is kind of foundational and everything kind of explodes out of that, so to speak, by, by understanding that then that enables you to be a truest fan, as you put it, for, for your family, to be that, that coach and mentor that you need to be for your kids, to be, um, you know, the, the mentor and the, um, I guess I would say the uh, coach is kind of a strange word for me, but um, but to be available to those that you come in, into contact with um, and to be available to those that God puts in your path. But that that knowledge, though, that it's God that's really the one that's developing you through all that is so foundational to that, I think. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's absolutely right. And um, as you were saying that, it just dawned on me that, you know, belief in self, you know, taking care of your family, belief in God can sound kind of heavy, right? Like, maybe like overly pastoral, you know, sure, sure. <laughs> like on a Sunday morning. Um, but um, one of the other key lessons of true as fans is the importance of smiles and kind words. Mm-hmm. And oh, so sure. when people say, well, Rob, how do I kind of start on this journey of being a truest fan? I like this idea. I want to build it in my life. I say, well, as soon as we stop talking, go send somebody a text or give somebody a call or next time you pass somebody on the street, give them a smile, tell them, uh, you know, if it's a, somebody that you, that you know, maybe not somebody on the street, that you love them and that you're thinking about them and, and you just want to make them smile. That's a yeah. great way to get, sm- to get started because uh, we have everyday opportunities to, uh, to, demonstrate that, to demonstrate love or being a truest fan to other people. And it doesn't have to be, yeah. it doesn't have to be complicated. That reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you remember those uh, commercials from the Foundation for a Better Life where this small little act of happiness or kindness that somebody does and how that impact can move to others. Uh, and, and even when I used to do like, for example, evangelism training as a pastor, I would say probably the greatest tool you have is actually give a smile. Uh, it's kindness, it's love, it's being a blessing to our neighbors and, and doing good for the sake of others. And in the process, we bring glory to God as we do that. Yeah. And as you say that, it reminds me, I kind of take the same uh, hike every day in the woods. And I don't know, 50% of the time I'm passing the same young man who I go out of my way to say, you know, hello to, I hope you're having a great day and smile and always looking down, always looking down, always looking down. And two days ago, he goes, hey, how are you? I hope you're having a great day. It's mm. beautiful outside. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if that was because he finally didn't like have his earbuds in and he 
he was um, available for that, right, or right, 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 right. or if it was maybe just bouncing back. And, yeah, and that's yeah. to me, that's maybe a little bit of impact that you can have just going at it every day because it doesn't doesn't hurt. Yeah. Hey, Rob, I, I want to ask you this question. Um, so so kind of as a wrap up for us today, uh, we consider our, our listening and viewing audience. What is probably from your perspective and your experience writing this book, the coaching you do, maybe a, a key takeaway that they should have from listening to this podcast today? I think the key takeaway is stop for a minute because being a truest fan is all about taking action and you know, I love listening to podcasts, but um, I don't always take action after a podcast in, in what I've learned. And so I, I think take some action. What can you do right now, right after you, you know, um, do whatever Travis is going to ask you to do next, but right after the podcast is over, what can you do to show somebody else how much you care about them, that you are their truest fan, to, to, just to... You know, send somebody a text that you haven't talked to in months and say, yeah, it doesn't hey, have I to be big. Your, it can be small. Yeah, yeah, just send a text saying, hey, I was just thinking about you. I wanted to want you to know um, that I care about you. I hope this makes you smile. Yeah. I mean, just, just do something like that. Um, because I think when you do that um, and then you do it again, you build some momentum and then you have the opportunity to begin to explore some of the, the, the bigger things that you might be able to do. But don't take for granted that small little bit of impact you can have on, on somebody else right, right now. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the things I always hope. I, I see these podcasts as helping deepen the awareness of who we've been called to be in Christ, who we've been called for the sake of our neighbors and our various areas of life. Uh, but but it's always with the idea of now furthering their action. Now, what can you do practically to be a blessing to others that God has put in your path? Uh, Kevin, how about for you? A takeaway for you that uh, for our listening and viewing audience. Today. Yeah, I, I think there's a real uh, tie-in here to this whole idea of neighboring and knowing who your neighbor is. And for me, um, I, I'm reminded of just the people in my own backyard that perhaps I, I don't know very much about, right? The person on the right of me, the person to the left of me, the person who lives across the street, you know, do, do, I, do I know their kids' names? What do I know about their, their life, their passion? And this conversation has really um, pushed me in a way. So I guess you guys are, are kind of coaching me a little bit here too, um, you <laughs> know, to kind of get out of my, even, even during the busyness of Holy Week to just stop for a second and just to say hi to my uh, neighbor, give him a smile and then just see what uh, God does in that interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, uh, gentlemen, both of you, uh, thank you for being here. Uh, Rob, for those who want to find out more about your book or maybe contact you, uh, what you do as a coach, uh, how can they get a hold of you? Just go to truestfan.com and there's everything you need to know is right there. That's great. And I'm going to have my son put up uh, the image of Truest Fan uh, here on this uh, so that they can see the, what the book looks like if they go. And, and can you get it in uh, the different platforms, Amazon and such? Or Yeah, it's available everywhere. And uh, just just actually just finished the uh, audio version of the book. So oh, those of fantastic. you uh, like Audible books, uh, it's really cool. Oh, very cool. Good, good, good. Well, hey, we want to thank uh, all of you for joining us, uh, both our listening and viewing audience. 
Uh, we hope that this uh, podcast has been a blessing to you as you go out and you seek to be a greater blessing to those around you and live out that calling that you have in Christ. Uh, we want to just do a call to action today uh, to not only listen and view this podcast, but also like and share, and actually a specific call to action. We're, we're trying to get a unique URL to our Call to Be YouTube page. We are 36 subscribers away. Uh, we need that magic number of 100 to get that. And so we're just really kind of making a, a, a pitch here for you to go subscribe to our YouTube page. It's not, it doesn't take a lot. Uh, maybe you like the audio podcast more, but we're really trying to get that number. So if you could help us out, that would be greatly appreciated. As always, we want to thank uh, those sponsors who have made this podcast possible, both Malem and the Southeastern District. Uh, we thank you for your support. And with that, we want to wish you all God's richest blessings, and we'll catch you next time for the Call to Be podcast. Take care, everybody.